It is week 12 in the SEC, and this is Around the League from UGASports.com. We are presented by Connor Grading and Landscaping. I'm Dane Young. That's Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus. And coming to you from Oklahoma today, it is uh, Coach Jim Donna and the College Football Hall of Famer uh, going to potentially uh, check out some uh, some football that's uh, not in the southeast right now and, and not with the temperatures that you'd like either, Coach. Yeah, you know, I, I got an early start on Thanksgiving, came out to see my uh, grandchildren and a couple of my kids and uh, my other daughters coming out here. So we're going to have a good little family get together. And uh, I hope I'm not putting the jinx on Georgia missing that Charleston Southern game. But I figured if there's one that I deserve to maybe take a chance on, it'd be that. But uh, people got to understand, hey, we had uh, – our man Brent coming in from Boston, so I'm coming in from Norman, Oklahoma. But the, the main thing is we got the program up and running, which is a miracle with me anytime it even gets on there. So before we lose it, let's get rolling here. But I want to thank our friends at Connor Landscaping. They've just done a terrific job for us all year. And uh, I tell you, I go around and see some of the jobs they do. It's just amazing what they can do with, uh, you, you know, their – expertise but also uh, just the fact that you got to have some, some kind of experience to handle the different uh, things that happen in, in uh, the Athens and Watkinsville and around that area and they do a great job of that. Well, Mike Connor is just such a, a loyal friend of, of our program. And uh, Brent, we always talk about the work he's done on your yard, but just the, the connection you have that, you know, if, if you need them over there, that's a phone call away and, and they'll be there as soon as they can to make sure your yard's in good shape. Yep, and a friend of mine was actually getting – he's talking about a putting green the other day. I'm like, have you called my guy, Mike? I'm like, hey, get him out there. I should, I sent him the picture from the face from the uh, webpage. So hopefully they get him out there, get an estimate real quick, and uh, maybe maybe get him another, another gig. This is the weekly show where we talk about what's going on in the SEC. We'll just say that Coach Donnan is doing scouting for future SEC with Oklahoma out there. Uh, for the games in the conference this week, there are four matchups with SEC versus SEC, and then six that are not. So we're going to start with those four that are within the conference and then go from there. The highlight game of the week, guys, it's 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. Number 21 ranked Arkansas at number two Alabama. Brent, on paper, this looks like a mismatch. Arkansas had a really tough gauntlet of a season to get to this point, but anything can happen. And technically, Arkansas is still in the running for the SEC West. Yeah, I heard something on the radio, like a six-way tie or something of that nature, if, if the way if things happen in the SEC West. But still, when you think about the gauntlet, I think that's the perfect word because Arkansas is having a really good season. You know, the seven and three, they won the first four games, lost three, and now they've won three in a row. And they're sixth in their division. Like that just that talks you know, just the nature of that uh, that division, the SEC West. But last year, this game was fifty-two to three. One of the two lowest yardage totals that Alabama had was against Arkansas. Arkansas just turned the ball over four times. Uh, and what's what'll be interesting for me is Alabama obviously had a technically a you know they played BYE, otherwise known as New Mexico State, last week. But you know the previous game against LSU. Only 20 points. LSU did a lot of things defensively with not necessarily all of its top flight personnel. Does Barry Odom copy a lot of what LSU did uh, defensively into, into this game and maybe try to make Alabama work a little harder than maybe they think they'll have to? Yeah, I just would, would say this about, first of all, Sam Pittman 
terrific job when you look at the way uh, that team was playing under Coach Morris, uh, just going the wrong way. And he's given them a lot of direction. And we knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe when, after those first four wins with their schedule. But really have put it back together and won some really tight fit games. That uh, One thing that just worries me about their team is just the coordination between offense and defense. I mean, the offense takes some chances sometime when the defense is really playing well and puts them in, you know, some precarious positions. And then when offense is rolling, the defense can't really stop people when they need to. So if they, they're going to need that kind of game uh, where, you know, create some turnovers maybe on defense, offense not turn the ball over and give a short field to Alabama and get that crowd in the game. I mean, we saw what happened at the Georgia game when the crowd took over. So uh, certainly very capable team and their defense playing bend and don't break. And, you know, most of the time it works. But you got Bryce Young, who's really a very good architect at taking what the defense gives them. And I think they can really, uh, you know, not muster the kind of pass attack, rush attack that you need against Bryce Young. If he's got time back there, particularly the way he's moving around now and, and running some, and he can pick that defense apart. So it's just going to be if, if, if. But uh, there's going to be a lot of things that need to happen for Arkansas to get that W. But they're not going in there with a mission impossible either because they play some of the really good teams toe-to-toe and they beat Ole Miss. I mean, everything but the last two-point play. So we'll just have to see how it, how it rolls. But any way you look at it, tremendous turnaround for uh, Coach. Uh, really happy for Coach Pittman and Coach Tucker. I mean, uh, I'm going to call Coach Tucker today and ask him for a, a little bit of a raise <laughs> on my – A lot uh, of credit. My mentoring him because uh, he needs certainly – to you know, when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, you got to take it. And – uh, you know, Michigan State knows what they got, and they know there's a lot of schools that like to have him because he knows the blueprint. He knows how to recruit. He's had a good uh, – when you look at the coaches, he's been under. You start with Jim Tra- – well, he, you know, he played there for Barry Alvarez, and then he uh, p- coached for Jim Trestle at Ohio State, won the national championship there. Uh, came on with Coach uh, – went down to with Coach uh, uh, Saban down to LSU, and – then also at Alabama, he coached in the NFL. Actually, was an NFL interim head coach for a little bit. Then came back to uh, to uh, do a good job for Saban at at Alabama and won a national championship there. And then helped Kirby Smart here. I mean, and got that Colorado program turned around too. So he's got the blueprint. He knows what to do. And I don't think I've ever heard. And I think maybe Brent said I never heard as many uh, transfer guys as they got on their team. I mean, they had to take two or three days and just have an indoctrination period where everybody said, Hey, my name's Brent Rollins. Hey, I'm Dane Young. Who are you? You know, I'm your teammate now. I just, with these coaching salaries, with these coaching salaries, you may get some phone calls that that entice your coach. Hop back in there. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm not, uh, I'm not in that kind of a situation now. I can't be bought. I mean, uh, (laughs) I'm telling you traveling yesterday, First time in five years that I've tried to do that. So uh might be my last one, too. I mean, I'm thinking I'm just going to hunker down there in Athens and let everybody come see me because uh, a bunch of crazy people at the airport. Now, I'm talking about <laughs> complete idiots, people worrying about who's getting in line for the check-in. Like, like the plane's not going to leave unless you check in. Go ahead, wait, you know, but 
<laughs> they got all kind of reasons uh, why they want to be on there first, but uh, it, it really is an unbelievable situation watching these people interact. If Alabama beats Arkansas, the West will be decided, meaning that it will be Alabama versus Georgia in the SEC championship game. And I'll just put it this way for Georgia fans. Alabama, the two games before that potential game, Arkansas and Auburn. Georgia, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. I think you know which side of that coin you'd rather be on if it's, if it's to have a fresh team heading into that game in Atlanta. Well, we uh, deserve it, though. I mean, the way we've been punished all year with injuries and adversity we've had, and I know this is around the league show, it's not a Georgia, but just uh, I don't think anybody can really fathom how many injuries Georgia's had and still operated on the optimum level. Whoever has been asked to come in has done that, and it's really helped their depth. It's going to be unbelievable against uh, in these playoff games and the championship game. We're just going to have uh, some really good depth that it's uh, proven too. I mean, had a chance to uh, on the field battlefield promotions. You know, got out there and did it, and of course, it has a couple off-field issues here that really are really are difficult for everybody involved, but. Uh, and I don't know that you can really quantify how much it's going to hurt us to lose uh, Anderson, but you look at uh, you look at what would happen to uh, Alabama if they would lose their guy like that. I mean, it's a big difference without him on the field. Absolutely is. Let's go to four o'clock on the SEC Network. Florida at Missouri. Brent, Florida almost. Almost had a, a very tragic loss for its program. Uh, still gave up over 50 points. What do you see from the Gators trying to bounce back in an SEC game? Uh, they don't really like the Bulldogs, do they? Because the Sanford Bulldogs so. uh, took took it to them. I think for you know for Florida, it, you just have to you have to finish with some level of positive vibes because you got this your last SEC game and then Florida State next week. It's that and then moving forward. Who's going to be your quarterback? I think that if and if Mullen is going to stay, who's going to be your defensive coordinator? You know, so getting those things figured out over the next two weeks to where you have and, you know, for them, get bowl eligible, and you know, get those extra practices, things like that. But some sort of positivity. I mean, obviously, they were dancing around in the locker room after the game uh, against Sanford, but a little more actual positivity. Like, but here's the key for this. This is actually on the road against Missouri, and I'm sure it's not going to be the greatest of weather and you know, it's how much you're going to fight. Like, I think that's really the key for them over the next few weeks is find who's going to fight, find who's actually going to battle and compete and, and wants to be a Florida Gator. Well, I think it really boils down to delusions of grandeur from the standpoint, the, the reality pill hit them in the face in the first half. And, you know, they were kind of licking their wounds about, well, you know, we just weren't ready to play against South Carolina. We had the flu, all this stuff. And then, bam, here comes the Sanford Bulldogs and running that high-powered offense that lines up real quick. And just from a philosophy standpoint, looking at that, it, it seemed to me that they were a lot more geared into – I'm talking about the Florida defense – into thinking about how are we going to be anti-Grantham and do our stuff and be simple and get, you know, execute and all that which that's what they were, you know, probably practice all week, but they forgot to, to realize that they were going against a quick tempo team and they looked even worse than Grantham's team because they, they gave up three uncontested, really, 
plays where they just nobody owned the guy. So uh, certainly at halftime, there had to be a lot of uh, soul searching and, and look at it. And they, they did some good things because they only gave up one touchdown in the second half and they did what they had to offensively. And you mentioned Emory Jones, and I think it's just a case of what's Richardson's health. I mean, you know, he's had a concussion and uh, Emory's done. I mean, he set the record last week for all kind of things uh, for him. So, but they're going against a Missouri Tiger team that, again, delusions of grandeur. I mean, they get all these yards against uh, South Carolina and people like that, but they can't do it against a good team. So can they uh, get, get any kind of offense to keep their defense off the field? Their defense is getting a little bit of poise now because they're stopping once in a while some teams and probably playing over their head. So if Florida gets rolling, though, and they get behind Florida, I think um, this would be the kind that could really make Florida healthy and, and going into that FSU game. So uh, I look for Florida to re- really either win very big or, you know, get exposed again and just look like they quit. Seven o'clock over on ESPN. It is Auburn with a new quarterback, Bo Nix, now out for the year after having ankle surgery for a fractured ankle. Uh, against South Carolina, uh, kind of a tough place to play, a road trip for uh, for the Auburn Tigers. Bit of a homecoming, I guess you could say, for Mike Bobo for his one year over at South Carolina. Brent, does, does Auburn have the firepower on offense to to make South Carolina have to score a lot of points? I think they do, but it's for, if you're T.J. Finley, hey, here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity to say, hey, look, I'm here. I'm ready to compete. This I can be the starting quarterback uh, for this university. And take advantage of it. Go do things on the road. I mean, he came back and kind of helped him win the game against Georgia State that one week. But outside of that, you haven't really seen much of him. And now he gets this opportunity where there is no – it's not like, you know, Bo Nix is there and you're – you know, he might come in the game. No, he's not coming in the game the rest of the year. It's your team now for the rest of the year. Go take advantage. Yeah, I mean, TJ's got to win over South Carolina. That was one of the games that he actually played quarterback last year and, and did pretty well. I mean, South Carolina really – that game was the nemesis for uh, kind of added fuel to the getting rid of Coach Muschamp. I mean, they just – terrible on defense against LSU last year. I mean, just ugly. It was a high-scoring game. And and then from that point on, it just, they didn't have a chance. But – you know, there are, there are a lot of storylines there. I know there's some people bitter about Bobo staying for a couple of weeks under Beamer and leaving and all that. But reality is that that doesn't have anything to do with the game. But uh, knowing Mike, he'll have his team ready to play and Beamer will have his team. It's just I think if uh, Auburn can do anything defensively, and they, you know, when they're rolling on defense, they're pretty good. But when they're going bad, they go real bad. I mean, it was like six or seven straight touchdowns after, you know, 28 to three. And you're talking about bad losses. Now, that is a bad loss. When you're that far ahead and lose a game to a conference team that's kind of in the same boat you are, it doesn't bode well. I mean, the last two weeks, they they haven't done much offensively, but their defense, you know, played pretty good most of the time. So here's – Till, till those six touchdowns. So my point is, defense, get a little confidence against this South Carolina offense that really is up and down like an elevator. And then uh, offense, just go out there and take what they give you. I, I think Auburn, unless they self, you know, last year they self-destructed against South Carolina and, and lost the game. Bo Nix had a couple of turnovers, one for a touchdown. 
And uh, that, that was the difference. And it was a big win for South Carolina. I mean, big at that point. And really started the demise of uh, Coach, uh, you, you know, Coach Gus getting out of there because, uh, you know, you just they looked so bad against South Carolina last year. So whichever team can not look bad is going to win this game, in my opinion. I think it's a case of two teams really struggling. And South Carolina, hey, we thought about it, talked about it earlier this year, and I think my man Brent brought it up. Clemson going the other way. Maybe South Carolina's got a shot against Clemson next week. You know, it's going to be interesting, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's see what Clemson does against this Wake Forest demon, demon defense, uh, uh, demon deacons defense this week. They can't stop anybody. Very true. I did see where Shane Beamer came out and uh, tried to put to rest some of the, I guess when your last name's Beamer and Virginia Tech's looking for a coach that some people connect those dots immediately. And he came out saying that he loves South Carolina. That's where he wants to be. I, I didn't know if Virginia Tech was actually interested in him. I guess we'll all find out together. Yeah. I mean, that was a good statement by Shane, but let me just tell you this. If they off if they offered him an interview there, he would get in a rickshaw and go up there and talk to him. I mean, he, I mean, that's a place where he grew up. Uh, you know, at this point, it's a better job. It's not near as tough to win there as far as who you got to beat. I mean, you look at where they are in the conference. It's pretty obvious when they play the good teams this year. South Carolina's personnel is low. I mean, really low. And they got a long way to go. They've got some wins this year, but their wins are over some uh, really weak teams. I mean, uh, you, you know, all the way through. So, but I, I don't see them going after him just because, uh, you know, they're talking about some other guys. But if they did, I, you, you couldn't blame him for going back there. I mean, that's just where his roots are. You know the area well, Brent, growing up in yeah. West Virginia. You know what that Virginia Tech fan base uh, means to the whole area. Yeah, and, and that name, and that what that name means, and you know, it's. I was actually, I thought about asking Coach the same exact thing. Is like, if he goes, there's talk. If they talk to him, you know, hey, is it something where he actually legitimately goes? And I think the biggest point the coach made there is the fact that it's a little easier to be Virginia Tech than it is to be South Carolina in the SEC East and in the SEC overall. And that's something that, like for example, like with Mel Tucker, like if you know, go be Michigan State, go win eight plus nine plus or some great, you know, have great seasons occasionally versus, Hey, I'm going to take LSU's job and then have to compete in the SEC West every year. Like that, there's certain things to that where it's okay to not come and just be in the SEC every single with every single job or every single offer that you get. Well, the other uh, thing that happens too about uh, interviews like that and people talking to you, sometimes people know too much about you and think they know everything. And sometimes they don't. And you just get an interview out of the blue that you never would have thought about. And you don't get one because even though you got a lot of good things, people know some of your warts too. So uh, that's why you see sometimes that we see these projected lists and they talk about guys that have been there or got coaches that are on the staff and they never get an interview because the grass looks greener to these ADs because they know about, hey, well, hey, Brent Rollins, he can do this, but – or Dan Young, you know, he didn't do this, but he did that. So I'm going to look at somebody I don't know completely out of the blue and go for that, which is stupid in my part. I think if a guy's good enough to consider, go for him. One more game within uh, 
SEC versus SEC this week, and then we'll go to our cupcake round, I guess you could say. 7.30 on SEC Network, Vanderbilt at number 12, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, uh, the stock is rising high, Brent. Yeah, I think that's – and when you think about a lot of these situations, like Arkansas, stock up. You know, LSU, stock down. Ole Miss, stock very much up. I mean, they go here, they win this game. Obviously, they will, they should, barring some sort of catastrophe. But then if they get the Egg Bowl next week, hey, you're 10-2. and two, You're likely in a New York, New York, uh, New York Six Bowl game. And possibly you're likely also in the top 10 prior to the bowl season. You know, that's a great season, a phenomenal season for Ole Miss. And it's, it's there. It's all on the table. And, you know, last week against A&M, boy, did they gash them. Like the score should have been way worse than it actually was. Just they were getting yards upon yards upon yards and just couldn't score. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where I was actually very shocked at that game. I thought A&M with, the, with how they roll and how they were playing would do something with a little bit more with Ole Miss. But still yet, you know, Ole Miss found a way to win. They got two turnovers late that completely changed, you know, put the game in their favor. And now they can go have a very special season. Yeah, I would point this out about A&M, which would worry me a little bit, is the three losses they've had this year are the two, three teams that have their uh, program in their second year. Uh, they lost to Arkansas. They lost to, uh, you know, Mississippi State. And now they lost this week, uh, you know, uh, very convincingly, I thought, to Mississippi, except for, you know, that one drive in the fourth quarter where they were going in had a chance but didn't make it. But I think Jimbo Fisher got to look in the mirror and think, hey, are we getting the ball to our key guys? They're not doing that enough. Regardless of what Calzada can do or can't do, I, I really believe Jimbo has got to look at his offense. It's not FSU 2014-13. This is the SEC. They run the clock down to almost zero on every snap, and the defense gets a chance to line up and gear in on you. And uh, they made some really good stops. This Ole Miss team has really improved defensively. So. Uh, you can talk all you want to about underachieving or overachieving. Great win against Alabama, but those three losses look bad to me for a and I mean, you lost to teams that don't have as good of players as you. I mean, there's no way you can tell me Arkansas, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State have the players A&M have. He's got a head start on all of them in recruiting. But, uh, you know, I've had games where I should have won too. I mean, I know how it is, but this is around the league, I'm just telling you. Uh, do you get that vibe too, Brent? Yeah. Well, very much so. And you think about Calzada. He had the sort of out-of-body experience against uh, Alabama, but then he's actually had his his uh, three best passing grade games in a row. Like the, this past weekend, he has ability. It's just not consistent ability that you see on a week-to-week basis. And like you said, their, their roster, like if you put Bryce Young – on that with that roster, ugh, like that's a that's a demon of a team, and you know, like you said, Ole Miss or A and M with those three losses against second year programs, and how much money do they owe Jimbo still? Like that that's the that's a different animal, different place you want to be. But on the bright side for A and M, like they are in a massive sort of positive from a recruiting perspective right now. No question. Have a no chance, question. have a chance to finish with the number two class. Yeah, they got players. I mean, there's no question they had players all year. It's just uh, I have tremendous respect for Jimbo Fisher as a coach, as a person, and everything else. But I think there comes a point where 
you can talk about the players all you want to, and you got to look in the mirror, though. Hey, what are we doing? Uh, how are we losing these games? The teams we should beat. I mean, that's what you got to look at. I mean, and that's that's what I'm sure he'll do. Before we transition to the uh, cupcake games in the STC, I want to show off this new website that Connor Grading and Landscaping has. Again, they're based in Monroe, Georgia. If you need to get some work done on your yard, move a little earth. Maybe that's, get some ideas of what can happen uh, in your yard. Brent, you were talking about a friend of yours kind of considering a putting green in the backyard. Uh, that would certainly help my putting game, if anything could. I'm not sure if it could. Uh, but the pavers and the patios and really anything that you want. The fire pit would be lovely this time of year. So if you want to try to take advantage of some of the cooler weather that comes over the next couple of months in Georgia, call our friends over at Connor Grading and Landscaping or check them out at connorgrading.com and say, hey, Mike Connor, I was told about you on Around the League with Jim Donnan and Dane Young and Brent Rollins. I want to see what you guys can do for my yard. He will take care of you like no one else can. That's Connor Grading and Landscaping over in Monroe, Georgia. We always thank them for supporting the show. They've been a sponsor since day one of Around the League this season, and we're really appreciative of that. All right, yeah, guys, let's get to Dane is uh, if anybody actually besides uh, you know our man Brent has had some experience with Connor that they've heard about it on our program. Just uh, shoot a little, uh, how can they tell you that they've done that so we can maybe announce that, that somebody's used that? Yeah, if, I'll tell you what, if you if you do that, just I, I work at UGA, I'll give you my UGA email, dane at uga.edu. Just send me an email and I will uh, read it. <laughs> I, it. Isn't it great? D-A-Y-N-E at uga.edu. And, yeah, uh, let's get those testimonies. I like it. Yeah, we'll do that. Or next time I'll go through some of their Google reviews. How about that? And then we can do right, let's go for it. All right. So we'll, we'll do this a bit of a speed round. We need to keep these to a total of one minute for each of these teams uh, because we have six of them. And I think we all know what's happening in these games. So it starts at noon. SEC Network, Charleston Southern at Georgia. Brent, what does Georgia need to do? Uh, 16 and 43. 16 days until the SEC championship. 43 days until the college football playoff semifinal. And do you see George Pickens within those within one of those two numbers? That's what I'm I'm curious about moving forward. But also, let's just get healthy, get healthy, get these two games, get through them, get people experience, and go be ready to play Alabama in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I mean, you we got to be ready to to play every week, but at the same time, uh, we got some guys that need to get healthy, and we might not look overwhelming if we put some guys in there, but who cares? But I think it's be a good chance to use JT a little more. Maybe some of these receivers that haven't been playing that were first line guys like Burton and Roseby and all that would be good in the lineup with him to throw the ball deep. Uh, this team plays very vanilla defensively. So it's not like they're going to attack you with a lot of different fronts and everything. So, uh, you know, you can name the score. You just got to be careful about getting anybody hurt. 12 o'clock also on SEC Network, plus Prairie View at number 16, Texas A&M. We talked about Calzada. We talked about not getting the ball to the skill guys. Brent, you can do that against Prairie View. Yep. Hey, who's coming off a tough loss against Alcorn State, by the way. Very tough loss for Prairie View against Alcorn State. But anyway. You watched every minute of it, right? <laughs> every minute. Every minute. But, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for A&M now, now that they have the three losses, is can you go finish with the number two recruiting class? Because I think they're third or fourth right now in the rivals rankings. 
a lot of recent momentum for them. Can they go and finish that class and be in two? Because by the way, I think Georgia's going to be one. So you know, I, can they get the two in the recruiting rankings? Uh, because that it's they need that now because the actual on the field stuff is not measuring up to that uh, level of uh, consistency that we've talked about already. Yeah, and they got a good situation there. Texas is going south quickly. I mean, that they lost in overtime to Kansas, Kansas' first road win in, S, in the Big 12 since 2008. They lost over 50 straight. So uh, I think, you know, your number one competitor in the state is not doing well, plus LSU on the other side, a team you recruited against is not doing that great. So you ought to hold, hold serve there in Texas, but – one thing about a, uh, this Prairie View team, they got Juwan Pass, who played quarterback at Louisville for a little while and is a really kind of a flamethrower type guy. I mean, he can hurt you if you can protect long enough. And, of course, A&M pretty good rushing the pass. I'm not saying that Texas A&M is going to uh, lose to Prairie View, but uh, it's going to be – it's not going to be a walk in the park just because you, you decide to play some of your second, third teamers, and then you got this human flamethrower back there going against you. Uh, it, it's going to be some ugly stats maybe for this A&M uh, defense because he can really throw the football. Jawan Pass, they call him Puma, the pride of Columbus, Georgia, and he was the last quarterback at Carver High School when Dell McGee was still the head coach there. Wow. Yeah, and hey, Dell Del might make a cameo out there and help him out a little bit uh, instead of going to George, to the Southern game. SEC Network plus Tennessee State at number 25, Mississippi State. That's also at noon Eastern. Uh, that's 11 Central time. The Pirate got Mississippi State back ranked, even though it's four losses. Coach, this is a team that I think can win or lose against any team in the country on any day. Well, they've proven that. I mean, they have the firepower to come back. Will Rogers, uh, you know, we talked about what he was going to do to that Auburn defense. I thought he wouldn't get that many yards, but I knew he'd complete a lot. So, but uh, their their team is playing with a lot of confidence offensively, and that usually happens when you, you know the benefits of your system. You know, uh, I remember when I was coaching in North Carolina real quick, I went to a basketball practice one day, and Dean Smith was getting ready to play against Coach K, and he said, just remember, man, it's our system versus their system. You know, you got to believe what we're doing and what we're the way we're executing, and uh, I think that's – always come through with me when every team I've ever coached, your your players have to have that kind of belief in your, your structure and that you're going to be able to out-execute them. And because when doubt cre creeps in, kind of like what Florida has right now, it's tough to really believe in each other. So uh, we'll see how all that works out, but they, that's working for Mississippi state. And the other thing is Eddie George coming in there as a coach at Tennessee state. I mean, they really better on defense than they are offense. They're, they're actually pretty good defending the pass. So we'll see if they, they can do that against these Bulldogs. It's actually a star-studded coaching staff. You got Eddie George as your head coach. You got Hugh Jackson, former Browns coach and NFL guy, as the offensive coordinator at Tennessee State. Uh, but, you know, you talked about things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, the, you talk about the confidence in the system, coach. Nothing displays that more than being down 28 to three and still doing what you do. And coming back and winning. And I will say, we got to give Coach a shout-out here. I believe the quote was, Rodgers is going to go 45 of 50. And he ended up 44 of 55. So, really daggone close and on the money by Coach last week. 
Yeah, but Dane will tell you, I said he'd probably get 100 yards. But, I, I mean, I've <laughs> all those short passes. But, you know, you know, the one thing that you know when you play against a Derrick Mason defense is you're going in there and, and you can throw and protect. You're licking your chops. I mean, you need to take uh, – you, you need to really take a good look at that defensive structure and figure out how they're going to win in the SEC. They did win on the road, you know, had a good win against Arkansas. But I just don't think you can play that defense and win in the SEC that Auburn's playing. Noon Eastern on the SEC Network. New Mexico State did not get enough of the SEC against Alabama a couple weeks ago. Now Kentucky. Brent, yeah, you just, don't know if, you just don't know if they stayed over and drove up from uh, and stayed in Knoxville or anything or went all the way back to Mexico, New Me- or New Mexico to New Mexico uh, for that uh, uh, in between. But they're getting some good checks here. And I'll say they probably had the check for it. They probably had the bank account for it after these two games. They're going against some uh, a, a team that confidence-wise is starting to pick it back up again and use their talent. And uh, this is one of those teams that's got to finish up good. I mean, they got Louisville next week. Louisville's starting to play really good, though. I mean, big win last week. So that's always a, a big game for the state championship. But I think Kentucky will get oohs and ahs in the stands, and they'll get 50 points for sure. And, you know, for Kentucky now, these last couple of weeks and then the bowl game, is as much about finishing on good vibes for the recruiting of their own players. Like Rosenthal, left tackle, Levis at QB, Wandell Robinson. Can you get those guys to come back and play another year? Because if you can, all right, now we have something moving forward because you got that this year. Like so many guys for Kentucky this past year were super seniors and and came back that extra year, the right tackle, Kennard, Pascal, like those kind of guys. Can you get that again next year? And if you can't, you got to go be Mr. Portal Shopper 101 again. Exactly. 7.30 on ESPNU, we have the return of Jake Bentley to the SEC as South Alabama plays at Tennessee. Jake Bentley and his third team now. You remember he left high school a year early to play at South Carolina, then spent a year at uh, Utah after the, the South Carolina tenure. He's going to wrap up his college football career uh, at South Alabama this year. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say about South uh, Alabama beyond that. Tennessee, though, Brent, we've seen the competitiveness from its offense. How do they wrap up the season? will be big for their recruiting. And then what happens next in their program? That's the, that's the thing. Can you take that momentum that you have and, and turn it into the recruiting into a portal victories? But also – this is an interesting game because we've seen the post-playing play Georgia effects. Like, this could be a game where they do they sleepwalk through it, or is there, you know, and they have a few, some three and outs, and then the other team does a few things, and then all of a sudden you're in the game. Likely not, but still, yet you know, playing after you play Georgia, it's it's definitely different uh, for you physically. Yeah, South Alabama Bentley got his knee hurt a couple weeks ago, and they really suffered. Uh, offensively the last couple of weeks, they really had it rolling pretty good. And then inexplicably went down and lost to Louisiana Monroe, who uh, Terry Bowden doing a good job winning four games. And they're going, we'll be talking about their game against LSU here in a second on the segue. But uh, I just think, you know, major Applewhite, good offensive coordinator is doing what he can with that team. Uh, they'll give uh, some structural problems to Tennessee's defense with the way they do things uh, their defense really is pretty good at causing turnovers. And, and uh, you know, it's five and five team, need one more win to get to a bowl, they might do it. Uh, 
we'll see. I'm talking about well, both teams need one win. They're both five and five, so yep. could have been right on that. But talking about the next game, uh, and you'll tell us what time it is. But LSU is just uh, hard to believe uh, some of the things they do as far as the personnel moves they made. Uh, you know, they brought Nussmeyer in, and he did okay. But after he did okay, he did bad, and they they really could have won that game if they had any kind of offense there down the stretch. And you got to look at what Johnson, they're talking about starting him again, which I would have put him back in the game. But who knows what will happen here against Monroe. This is going to be the game of their lives for Monroe. These kids will always want to go in Tiger Stadium and play, and they'll play their ass off for sure. But uh, you've got to be ready to play if you're uh, uh, Coach Ogeron's team because these kids are going to be fired up to the max trying to go against – you know, the big boy. So, uh, but they just don't have enough firepower, I think, to do it. But Rich Rod's coached against them, you know, at Ole Miss. He knows what to do against LSU. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. It's a national game, by the way, nine o'clock on ESPN, too. So, uh, some exposure for UL Monroe, Brent. Yeah, very much so. Terry Bowden doing a good job there. Like Coach said, I think they were winless last year. And, you know, for, for LSU, what's interesting is, you know, when Coach O had that press conference where he was very revealing with, hey, during the bye week, we realized X, Y, Z things. Their defense has actually turned it around immensely over the as, since the bye week, playing against Alabama and then also against Arkansas. Not so much on the offensive side. So, you know, that's going to be the, the, the hiring there with who gets hired as a coach. Do you hire someone who is more program builder or do you hire someone who is more offensive-minded coach uh, in a way, also with the program building part? So, how much money they offered Lincoln Riley? I think you know something in the Mel Tucker plus range. Uh, but you know it's going to be interesting to see who ends up coach because that coach is going to have to do some massive recruiting of the players that exist there already. Yeah, you got to keep those guys, get some transfer. But you know the thing that's so vivid right now is just how good some other teams in the SEC West are compared to the old days where, you know, it's Alabama and LSU and the rest of them. All of a sudden, A&M, last year, big year, this year, not quite as big. Mississippi State's on a big rebuild. Ole Miss going to a major bowl. Arkansas going to probably have the coach of the year. So, I mean, you don't have any lay-down victories there in the West. I mean, you're going in there right now, I would say – LSU's probably fourth or fifth in the conference in the Western Division as far as how you would rate them uh, as far as jobs right now, as far as what they're doing now. Potentially, you you put them up there second. I mean, just uh, on history, but history is sometimes a little fleeting because things change. But all of a sudden, you got to go A&M right now with their personnel is is the next best team, uh, and they're the only team to have beaten Alabama. I want to wrap the show talking about the college football playoff just quickly, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, it's not much difference. It's pretty much the same rankings as we saw last week it's through the top six or seven. So I'll just put it this way. Do we want to discuss Michigan State and Ohio State and the ramifications of that game? Yeah, I would just say this. There's a couple games this week, and then I'll let Brent finish it up. Uh, that game right there has tremendous implications because either one, you lose a game, you're pretty much – you know, you've got two losses. Uh, and then you've got a, a team out on the West Coast, Oregon, who is ranked number three right now, but they're going into Utah and they're actual underdog in the game. And they're going to probably have to play Utah twice. So they beat them once. 
okay, and then they'll have to beat them again in a Pac-12 championship next week. So they got a double header to get into the Pac-12 championship, but also to win it, but also to get into the uh, into the playoffs. So a lot of things could happen. So if Oregon loses one of those, Ohio State loses one of those. Cincinnati licking their chops now. I mean, and uh, maybe Michigan too, Michigan State. So, and Alabama would be the big winner in that situation because all of a sudden, a two-loss Alabama team is going to get in there any day of the week and twice on Sunday, the way they do it with the SEC team. So, a lot of stuff can happen. Very much so. And, and I don't know that Michigan State has the horses to keep up with. Ohio State, I think they'll be very competitive in this game just because I don't think Ohio State is that great on the line of scrimmage. But the one for that I want to more so is Michigan. Like the style that Michigan plays and then the pass rush that they have, that to me is the team who might get, you know, who can give Ohio State trouble and kind of really throw this thing into a into a true craze. But like coach said, I think I think Oregon does lose once more and it's one of those things where if you're, I think as a Georgia fan, if you're someone who's rooting for Georgia, just from a matchup perspective, you want to root against anybody who plays against, Ohio, or you want to root against the people that are playing Ohio State, root for the people that are playing Ohio State, because that's the one team to me that, that you don't necessarily want to see in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they got the offense to really test us. There's no question about that, but uh, their defense is very, very suspect, but here's the thing. Watch out, and I and I hate to say this. It, it hurts me so bad that I I guess I'll say it, but no, I'm not going to say it. I'll say it. Oklahoma State Cowboys, all of a sudden, they got a, a, a real good path here. I mean, you look at what they got the next couple of weeks, and then, uh, you know, they only lost one time, and if they could get to the championship game and win that, you're looking at a 12-1 team that's really had a good season. Only lost being to Iowa State. So we were talking about Oklahoma had the path. But uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys, I don't want you to win. <laughs> Please don't do it. But, well, you know, you, you but think give, about it, Coach. Give them credit. Give them credit. They, I, I mean, they're a heck of a defensive team. They're running the ball. I mean, they look like Barry Sanders again. I mean, they just run the football. And they're physical and they play great defense. But, you know, think about what the playoff could – you know, those things happen, what we just discussed. What if you had a playoff that was – Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. Like I vote for that. I'd go for that. Oh, yeah, I would love that playoff. I mean, Let me it, ask that could this. happen. Is there a scenario where uh, SMU catches Cincinnati sleeping Saturday? Yeah, you know, SMU, SMU's got a good offense, but well, they give up a lot of points. Uh, Cincinnati, to me, is a very good team, but they just look like they do what they got to do against the opponents they have, you know, and they they play good sometime when they need to. And then when things aren't great, they don't, it doesn't bother them because they're not going against that many good teams. So uh, they're a heck of a good football team. But you put them in the Big 12, I mean, excuse me, in the Big 10 or the SEC, I can't see them going through there and winning like they More do. in the, half their games. Right. All of these teams need to just be happy at this point that if it's around Thanksgiving and you're still talking about yourself in terms of postseason, you've had a good season because things can – a lot of teams would love to be in the position of any of those seven or eight teams right. that we're talking about right. right now. Right. Well, this has been Around the League from UGASports.com, presented by Connor Grading and Landscaping. Thanks, Coach Donna, for joining us uh, from 
across uh, Oklahoma. I, I wanted to say you're living on Tulsa, Tom, but that's not not true. You're on no, I'm a little bit further down the road from Tulsa, but uh, I'm telling you that uh, a lot of people out here are not too fired up about what happened last week against the Baylor Bears. I mean, particularly when uh, the quarterback had transferred here from uh, Mars transfer to TCU and lit Baylor up almost 400 yards passing and OU way under 300 yards total offense, just a really bad loss. I mean, just really bad. Shout out to Kevin Cook, Derek Walker, Caleb Williams, a lot of our fans over here on YouTube and Facebook that are supporting the show. Justin Farmer, thank you for watching. Uh, we can't do the show without the support of you guys or the support of Connor Grading and Landscaping. For Jim Donnans, for Brent Rollins. Caleb Williams? You said Caleb Williams? It says Caleb Williams over here. I don't know if it's the one that's close to you right now. Hey, uh, Caleb, I appreciate you watching the show, even if you aren't the OU quarterback. But if you are the OU quarterback, hey, good job. <laughs> Well, Caleb says it's a great day to be a dog. So, all right. I wish he was. <laughs> no, I'm glad Caleb was too. That Caleb. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. This is Around the League. Thanks, Connor Grading and Landscaping. We'll see you guys.